Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and for those of you who already have a used car or truck with a few too many dents and dings, I want to introduce you to a dent repair technique that doesn't require traditional bodywork and paint. It's called PDR, which is short for Paintless Dent Repair. And like the name says, instead of sanding, filling, and repainting those dents on your car's exterior, PDR instead requires the steady hand and keen eye of a well-trained, experienced, paintless dent repair specialist. Luckily, we're going to hear from one today who makes his living smoothing out dents and dings on cars in the Seattle area, and I know him from the excellent work he's done repairing dents on my own used cars. So how does PDR work? Does it require special tools? Is it magic? Will it work on your car or truck? Well, we're going to dig into those questions and more in just a moment. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. So I'm here today with Ryan Snyder of Ryan Snyder's Paintless Dent Repair. And Ryan is a guy that I had over recently to work on a couple of our cars. We have an Audi S4 and we have a Mazda Miata. And he took a four-inch long crescent-shaped dent out of the passenger side door that was maybe a millimeter or two millimeters deep. It wasn't really deep, but you could see it. And it was from this weird tree branch falling on it. I didn't think you were going to be able to get it out, but you, you got that out of there. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, thank you. I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was your best. And oh, and by the way, this guy has 177 five-star ratings on Yelp. It's a five-star rating, 177. Yeah. And you were telling me, oh, I never look at that. I don't look at it. No, well, I don't. I, I looked at it back in the beginning when I started this <laughs> business back in 06. Uh, and then I got to the point where I stopped looking at it because I, I just, I do my best to make everybody happy, every situation, every single time. But there's only so much that I can control. So I try not to get too wrapped up uh, in reviews, but I have been very fortunate that a lot of my customers have just felt like they needed to get out there and say these nice things about me. So it does help. The thing that I picked up on that really resonates with me is that you do not overpromise and underdeliver. That's a chronic problem in almost any industry. People will tell you, oh, I could do that, I could do that. And then it turns out they really can't. And it's a disappointment. Now, I would rather have you tell me no not going to give that a try. It's maybe something I, I don't want to try and tackle. Then have you tell me yes, and you can't. So on this particular project, before I called you, I actually spoke with a paint repair shop to have this fixed. And said, why are you coming to us? I got like a three-month backlog. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you call the paintless repair guy? And they gave me a couple people to contact. So I contacted one. He never called me back. I contacted another guy. We spoke for 10 minutes on the phone, and he was going to call me back, and I sent him pictures and did that whole thing. And then he ghosted me. Nothing. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that many times before. Yeah. I was just shocked. I'm like, look, if you don't want to do it, I'm okay with that. No right. is a perfectly acceptable answer. And then actually you and I, there was another dent in the car, and I sent you a picture of it, and it was big and it was funky. I didn't think anybody could fix it. And you looked at it and you said, no, I, I don't, yeah. it's probably, probably something I don't want to try and tackle. I ended up having another place to do it. They, mm -hmm. they were able to fix it. And you know, these guys, mm -hmm. um, 
so that was great. But, you know, next time, I think when you saw it, you're like, uh, maybe I should have tried that one. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough because, yeah, sometimes the, you know, the pictures of the video, it's very good. Uh, it's not quite as good as seeing it in person. So, yeah, I do my best to make a judgment based off how creased is it, the depth of it. Uh, and I start thinking about the access behind it, how I would approach it. But yeah, that was an interesting one. Well, I was really, I was impressed by your honesty on that. So again, I'd rather have somebody tell me no than say yes. And then later go, this is kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This didn't work out. Didn't work I, out. I knew this wasn't going to work out. Because, well, I think when people think about paintless dent repair, especially people outside of the automotive industry, mm-hmm. it does sound a little too good to be true. And so people are skeptical, and right. I've been seeing that for years and years for people that this is their first experience with it. But once they see that it works, then they're customers for life. You actually came highly recommended from David, who you did some work for. David's a neighbor of mine. He lives like three doors down. He's the one who recommended you to me probably two years ago. I think I contacted you about the Miata, which had multiple weird little funky dents on it. The previous owner hit it multiple times at the same level from the same car in the same garage. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of down a line. It's just yeah. really weird. Cluster of door dings. Yes. And you were able to look at that this time and give me a more accurate assessment. Mm-hmm. I think when I sent you the photos, you were kind of like, I don't know. Because it, it was hard to see. Yeah. Well, you'll be back to, to do that relatively soon. But Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the the cool thing was David knew you through somebody else who recommended you. So... This is how you find somebody good. Get a recommendation. Yeah. I would look at it like anybody providing a service, you know, like a contractor. I think people are going to take word of mouth, you know, before they'll take any online review. Mm-hmm. I still think that's the best way. And there's a lot of trust there. So, yeah, I definitely appreciate it when my customers, you know, pass me on to their friends and neighbors. And that's how I've built this company up since 2006. So you work, is it all throughout the Seattle area? Or is it mostly like the east side? Ideally, the east side only, up and down 405, roughly, mm-hmm. Linwood to Renton. Okay. Um, I do go over into Seattle for some customers. I prefer not to uh, be in a completely mobile business, you know, factor in driving time and tolls and fuel cost. I'm fortunate that I'm very busy. And so yeah. more of my challenge is getting everybody and getting them all happy. So the less time I spend driving, the more time I can actually be fixing cars. So I will go to Seattle occasionally. I try to keep it mostly on the east side. Okay. So when somebody has a dent in their car, who would you say should be a customer for PDR? If somebody was out there going, should I do this or not? How do you get them to, to know? I think it's always best to try to consider PDR first, because ideally, if you can keep that paint original, that's going to be such a huge benefit. And then the cost is going to be quite a bit less. And then the convenience of it, because if I come out to someone's house, as opposed to them taking it to a body shop, leaving it there, waiting for parts, you know, there's a certainly a time and place for that with collisions and, you know, the paint is scraped off and, and that's part of their industry and that's important. Uh, but if you can get it done PDR, it's certainly worth somebody taking a picture of it and just texting it to me and I can give them uh, an estimate based off that photo or sometimes people will send videos. So that's nice too. Yeah. Yeah. I sent one. Yeah. That, that really helps. The reason I sent you the video was I was able to move around the dent so you could see how the light reflected across it as I moved. 
because some some of the dents, like the one in the door on the Audi, it wasn't that deep. And if right. you look at it straight on, you could see a little bit of scuff in the paint, but it wasn't really that prominent. But when you get down at an angle, you could see it reflecting light, and it's like, oh, that's actually yeah. Big. And a, at a black vehicle as well. Oh God, black. and it's a very nice one. You know, your car's in great shape. It's, it's not a, a typical Audi. It's certainly it's it's above average. As far as the cosmetics, I, and as the I, owner... I am above average. You, know, <laughs> you definitely I, are. I like to live there. <laughs> and I, I totally get it. You yeah. know, people that love cars, and they, they want to uh, take care of the things that they own and, and keep them nice and feel good about them. It's, it's such a great service for people like that. Thinking about the intrusive nature of literally sanding off the paint, oh, uh, I know. welding on a, a slide hammer and pulling that thing out... I didn't want to do that, especially on the dent that was back on the corner. That would look nasty. And there was some talk originally about doing a quarter panel. And I'm like, no. Replacing it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, you're not doing that. And it was only because it was near the gas door, the yeah. the filler cap. And I just said, if we can not do that, that's great. And so the car has all the original paint still. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, that's great. But back to the question of how do people decide. So they shouldn't have any broken paint right? Generally, no. Now, there is a little bit of a gray area there. If you have a typical door ding and it just has a small scratch or even a little chip in it, if it's not really creased, if it's not really sharp, if it doesn't look like a little bullet hole, if it just looks like a, like a, a typical door ding, even with that paint damage, I can apply some heat and that's going to soften up the metal and the paint a little bit. So that helps as I start to push on the back of it and kind of roll it out and reshape it. The scratch is not going to get any worse. The chip is not going to split and become any larger. So a lot of times when a customer will send me a picture and it has a little bit of paint damage, you know, I'll make sure that they understand that's still going to be there because mm-hmm. everything I do is, is completely by hand. Right. But if they provide the touch-up paint, after I get that metal rolled out and flattened out, you know, I can, I can just gently apply that for them. And nine and a half times out of 10, that's people are happy with that because they really don't want to go through the expense or the time of having the, the panel repainted. Right. And it, Gets to about a look that's maybe 90, 95%. There's probably bird poop and other stuff that gets on the car. (laughs) It's more distracting than that now little tiny. touch up. Yeah. Yeah. I have a few of those on the hood that, you know, are just rock chips over the Mm -hmm. years. I'm not going to repaint the car for that. Oh, no. Right? So um, actually, after, after you did your work, I took it into a detail shop. And it's the first time in my lifetime that I've paid to detail a car. I've never done that, and usually because I keep my cars pretty clean and and, and decent looking, but I decided to do it, and the car came back, and I'm like, you know, between what you did and the paint correction work that they did at the detailer, it's like, it looks like a brand new car. Oh, absolutely. I didn't want to drive it. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's crazy what a professional detail shop that puts in the hours and the time and goes through all the steps as far as what they can do. I mean, sometimes it literally does look like the car was repainted. I'm always so, so impressed. Even after all these years, I've seen what some of these detail shops can do. From the perspective of this podcast, where I'm you know trying to get people to think about getting a used car or maintaining the car that they have, one of the things that kind of stood out to me was you know, a lot of people get to a point, you know, it's after the pandemic, they're kind of pent up. They want to, I need a new car. I need to go, you know, spend some money. Don't spend a bunch of money on a new car. If you've got a perfectly decent one, you want it to feel like a new car again, go get a detail. 
Yeah, exactly. Start there. I totally agree. You can fall in love with your car all over again. Yeah. Get the little dents taken out or Mm -hmm. the big ones. I'm surprised how big the dents are that you can take out. Oh, sure. It's quite amazing. Get that done and then have the detail done and you've got a brand new car. Or at least it feels that way. Oh, I hear it all the time. Yeah, Yeah. especially, you know, a handful of years ago when leasing was more popular, uh, a lot of people would be returning their lease and they would come out and have me fix the door dings and they would get it detailed and then they would put tires on it and then they would get everything done. And it was just like, oh, I just, I, I love this car again. Did they take it back? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the other thing that just cracks me up is that people will wait until oh, I, I got to sell the car. I guess I'll get it detailed. No. I know. Yeah, I totally agree. Do it for yourself. Yeah. Don't do it for the next person. Do it for yourself and then keep it clean and keep it, you know, nicely waxed every, you know, whatever it is, couple months. Just take good care of it and then it will be nice and clean. If you want to do another detail before you sell it, fine, do that. But. Do it for you. Oh, I totally agree. I think that's the best approach is pay, especially if you love your car, mm-hmm. pay the professionals to detail it, and then you can maintain it. Yeah. And then maybe once every few years, depending on how well you maintain it and how much time you decide to put into it, then you can have them do it again. Yeah. And you will get the most enjoyment out of that car. And it'll look good and it'll smell good and you'll be proud of it. Uh, because I, I agree with you. You don't need the new car. No, we were talking about that before we turned the mic on. and We were talking about how... The average new car today is close to fifty thousand dollars. I think it's like forty eight three something. But you know, fifty thousand dollars and as I was saying to you, there's a lot of cars that I talk about here that are, you know, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars. If you subtract that from fifty thousand dollars, you've got thirty five thousand, thirty thousand dollars left over to go do something else. To go take a vacation oh yeah fill um, in the blank there's yes, all sorts yeah. of great things you can do with that money right get another car <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's been my experience and with my customers throughout the years generally the people that really love their cars don't drive new cars right they drive older cars and sometimes much much older cars those are the people that are really into it older cars are much more um i find them much easier to work on it's not that I want to work on my own cars, but I do it because I have cars that are relatively simple. I mean, the Audi's complicated, but I've been around, I've owned it for 12 years, and I kind of know it inside out. But the Miata, super simple, just a little straight inline four-cylinder, doesn't have power steering, doesn't have air conditioning. It's There's nothing on the front of it. And when I did the timing belt on the car, I was able to easily access everything. New cars, you can't even see the motor. Oh, yeah. You can't mess with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't yeah. see the motor. You pop the hood, and it's all plastic covers, and it's they're sending a very clear signal. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. Don't touch Stay it. Stay away from it. Take it back to the dealer. Yeah, you need the special tool. You need the $1,000 <laughs> exactly. scanner. Right. Yeah, and even then, we won't tell you how to use it. Right. Yeah. I ran into that on a Mini Cooper we used to own, and... Yeah, BMW doesn't want to give up the goods, man. They don't. They want don't want to tell yeah. you, you know, what's what with that car. Yeah, and I hear that from a lot of the independent repair shops that mm-hmm. I work with because I work with a lot of those as well. And they, not only is it so cost prohibitive to buy some of the scanners and whatnot, sometimes the manufacturers just won't even sell to them. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm gonna probably cut this part out because it's not <laughs> part of the question. But yeah, I just thought it was an interesting thing to talk yeah. about. Uh, let's jump back into the paintless dent removal stuff here. Um, you know, when someone gets a dent or a ding in their car, back to what they should look for. So no broken paint. You said like a little yeah, tiny minimal nick. to ideally no broken paint. But again, yes, there is a bit of a gray area on that. What's the biggest dent you've ever see? Done? That's tough because it depends on where it's located on the car, uh-huh. and then. 
not so much the size, but how sharp or creased is that large dent. That becomes a factor. If someone rubs down a rock, and by some miracle, it doesn't tear into the paint, Mm -hmm. which would be unusual. Or it may even just leave like a faint little scratch that could possibly be buffed out with like a machine polisher. But let's say that's, you know, a foot long. Mm -hmm. You could do that. Yes. What about complexity? You know, because that that dent that I, I showed you... It was a little funky. Yeah, because it was a tree branch. It was a weird shape. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a typical round door ding or just like a a vertical crease, like for maybe the corner of a shopping cart or something more typical that you might see. You're right. It was kind of a crescent shape. Um, it was which, worse than that. Which is fine (laughs) because I know a lot of people get kind of freaked out by that because they think if it's a different shape, it's going to be a problem, Mm -hmm. um, which it really generally is not. Okay. Because we're we're just reshaping and rolling out that metal and just little by little bringing it back to its natural condition. So let's talk a little bit about how, I mean, I, you know, you don't have to reveal your Jedi mind tricks to get that stuff <laughs> to work. But what's sort of the approach? You're, you're approaching it from behind the dent or from the front? I mean, how, how are you sort of, um, in a general sense, how is it? Generally, there's two ways that I'm going to repair a dent with painless dent repair and the traditional and most common way is I will get a tool behind the dent and then very slowly, little by little, it's kind of a a tedious process of pushing, rolling the back of that dent and that, that sheet metal has a memory to it. So it wants to go back. Now it's not as simple as you push on it one time and it pops and like people aren't, you just going to pop it out is, is something that I hear a lot. Um, it doesn't work that way. It's kind of like I've told people, if you can imagine like putting together a puzzle and you spread all the pieces out and none of it makes sense. And then you move this piece here and then you take the other piece and you put it next to it. And then the third piece and then the fourth piece, and it slowly starts to kind of make this picture and it slowly starts to turn into something. Okay. Okay. That's kind of the best analogy I, I can give. It's about little bits of improvement. And it slowly push it up a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then you'll take a tool and you'll gently tap on the outside of the metal, kind of like around the dent hmm. to kind of soften it up. And then I'll push a little more on the back and then I'll tap on the outside and then I'll push a little more on the back. And it's this slow process. And that dent just kind of washes out. It gets a little softer and a little softer until it's gone. Does it change the um, metal in any appreciable way in terms of like a... I don't think it does because okay. that's, a, that's a common question. And I've talked to a lot of like very old time body shop guys about this as far as does it lose any strength? And I really don't think it does. I not mean, I've, to I've any had, appreciable... No, no. Because no, I've had cars that I've worked on many times for a couple decades now. Same And, dent, and same sometimes place. it's literally the exact same location <laughs> and that metal is still just as stout as it was when I remember working on it before. Okay. But then the other way uh, is with glue. And the glue is interesting because it's changed a lot within my industry over the last 10 to 15 years. When you first mentioned glue, you know, I, I kind of oh, came... that freaks everybody I kind of came unglued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me how the glue, or tell, tell the listeners, how this glue thing works, because it seems a little... I don't know. When you say glue, it's sort of like you're going to glue know. something onto my paint. It what? sounds so corny. It sounds like there's no scary, way. Scary. It's going to end scary. Yeah. Especially to somebody that loves their car yeah. and is really excited about it and takes care of it. The thought of 
somebody like me coming in and taking hot glue mm-hmm. out of like a craft, you know, glue gun type thing. Oh, it's really that kind of a thing? Uh, yes. I mean, I use a more industrial one because it gets even hotter, okay. uh, which is makes a slight difference uh, as far as for what I'm doing. But it is hot glue and okay. it's on like a um, like a plastic tab and there are different shapes. And ideally, you want to match that shape to the shape of the dent, if that makes sense. It does. Okay. So imagine putting that hot glue on that plastic tab, and now I'm setting that on the outside of the metal, right on top of that dent. And then I'm taking a slide hammer, which for people who are kind of familiar with auto body tools, and it has an adapter on it. So now it's going to hook onto the outside of that tab, and then I may pull it pretty hard one time to kind of try to shock that metal and and really get a a lot of movement out of it. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a softer dent, I might gently kind of pull on it and then just kind of tap and use like half the strength as opposed to just trying to just pop it as hard as you can. And obviously you'll get like a softer, more broad pull out of it. Okay. Um, Well, you will. But yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't. With that glue, you can move the metal from the outside as opposed to behind it like the traditional way i was talking about with the tools okay and the glue over the years has gotten so much better the tabs have gotten a little bit better but the glue has gotten considerably better and it's stronger it's stronger okay yeah in the beginning years and years ago the glue it it was kind of a joke it didn't really move the metal it would just come off and come off and come off and you're wasting time. And then the fifth time and the sixth time you pull on it, and then it might move it just slightly, but you really weren't making much progress. Okay. Okay. Whereas now you can do so much with the glue and you can take a larger, uh, even a more creased dent. um, And the approach that I would take with something like that is I would use glue on the tabs and I would probably pull on it six or seven times using a different size tab and I might move that tab around as the metal slowly starts to come up and I might pull out 80 to 90% of the dent with the glue. And then I would go back to the traditional route and get a tool behind it because you could be so much more precise and you can really dial it in now from behind and really finish the repair. If that makes sense. It does make sense. So do you ever only use glue? Yes. And that's at a point where you don't have access to the back of it maybe yes definitely if there is uh just no access at all which there are areas of most cars um luckily it's not a lot but there's generally going to be a little bit of areas uh, along the vehicle like uh, maybe running parallel with the windshield um up there's a lot of support there so if the car were ever to roll over there's two or three layers of of metal right uh support behind where you see the dent so you just really can't get a tool behind there that would be a great option to use the glue okay so the next question which is the most important one in my mind is you've glued it on how do you get it off? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's a really good question. That's, that was uh, the first thing that came to my mind. Like Getting it on is easy. I could probably do that. But um, some it of the glue, uh, when you put it on the tab and you put it on the dent, it's hot. Mm-hmm. Okay, And you want to pull it when it's still warm. Okay, And by the time that glue gets to room temperature, you can peel it off. Really? Yeah. So you're pulling it when it's still got a little flex to it? Yes, and it's still amazing because the the glue, especially the glue they're making now, uh, it's so strong. And and part of the technique with the glue is the timing, okay? As far as am I going to pull on it when it's completely dry? Am I going to pull on it when it's like half dry and I'll get more strength out of it? 
But if you have kind of a softer dent, but it's in an uh, area of the car that has no access behind it, so I can't go the traditional ways with the mm-hmm. tools, I'll come at it with the glue, but I will pull it quickly before it really has time to set up because I don't want to pull it. I don't want too good of a, of a result. Right. I don't want that metal to come up into a mound and come right. up too high. Right. Now, that's not the end of the world because I can use uh, tools where I can gently tap on it and smooth it out, which is a normal part of the process. Okay. Um, but yeah, the setup time is really important. And you can also use rubbing alcohol because sometimes the glue will stick so well that I can't peel it off. And a little bit of rubbing alcohol will actually release it. Just release it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So there are times, I guess, like you said, when... You, you pull a little too hard. Mm-hmm. You have 177 five-star reviews, so I imagine it's not often. But <laughs> Or if it is, nobody knows. Um, so you have like this little mound. Are you literally like tapping on the paint to get it yes. to go back? Wow. Does that scare yeah. you? It scares me. It scares everybody. Okay. Uh, That's why I didn't go outside. I mean, it's so- <laughs> I was outside a little bit. I watched you for a little bit, but I'm kind of like... I heard some tapping noises and some other stuff when I was inside the house, and I thought I don't, I can't, I can't go out there. Oh, I know, and that's <laughs> and that's so common, and that's why I laugh when you say that because yeah, like we talked about earlier, you're talking about putting hot glue on someone's car it freaks them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also been my experience that when I will go to a customer's home and I'll talk to them, and obviously we've already done pricing and whatnot uh, throughout texting, and we'll talk about the repair, and then they're like, okay, great, I'm gonna go let you do your thing. I'm gonna go back inside my house. As soon as they hear like a gentle, t- now we're not talking about banging here. We're talking about just like a yeah. gentle tapping. For sure enough, that garage door opens and, and people come out <laughs> and now they're going to have, they're going to have questions, Yeah, wait, wait. which I completely understand because yeah. it is, it is odd. Um, but that is definitely part of the process yeah. with the traditional way behind the metal with tools and with glue pulling, because sometimes with glue pulling, especially you will purposely pull it out too far because if that dent is even moderately creased so imagine that dent being like a little valley mm-hmm. okay and you drop that glue tab ideally dead center right in the, the middle of it before that dent will come all the way up it needs to actually come up a little bit too high before the bottom of that dent will truly release oh and so you okay. have to purposely pull it too high and then you just have to be very good with those tap down tools and very patient and very accurate. And if you do that, you can relax that metal right back down then maybe pull on it once more and then relax it down with those, with the tappers. And it's a slow process. But yeah, you do it correctly. Yeah. You can't tell. So it's fine. But 100. yeah, that always freaks people out <laughs> when I start tapping on their car. I heard the tapping. I didn't come out. Yeah. I was just like, well, 177 five-star reviews. Yeah. I'm not going out there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just like you think about it, this, um, I'm not a doctor, uh, although I play one on TV. Um, The idea of doing surgery, right? Mm -hmm. You start to think about it. It's like, oh, that's terrible. And they do some nasty stuff to get inside a body to repair things. Mm -hmm. You want them to repair stuff if there's, you know, you got cancer, you need to have a part taken out and replaced with something new. But do I want to know all the details? No, I really don't. So, you know, that's why maybe, I maybe you should that. bring an anesthesiologist when uh, when you do the work. You can put your patient to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring some bring some beer. Oh, make yeah. Them, yeah. Make them pass out. I've had some people who were pretty anxious before. Yeah. But I get it because I can sure. sympathize with the customer. And, and like I talked about earlier, it sounds too good to be true. Yes. And even if they're getting that referral from a car club member or a trusted friend, 
when you have something that you've owned and there may even be some history within your family, maybe that car has a pedigree and it's very expensive. Maybe it's very difficult to replace parts. People get nervous about it. And I totally get that, especially once you start tapping and pushing and the glue and all this stuff is coming out (laughs) and it's just like, wow, is this really going to work? Yeah. Does anybody ever watch you the whole time? Well, see, it's funny. It's really common for people to ask, can I watch you do this process? You don't like that, I'm assuming. Nobody does. No. Okay, you reference like the the surgeon. Yeah. Okay, you wouldn't do that to the surgeon, right? No. I mean, the surgeon has like, you know, <laughs> assistants around kind of watching some things. And yeah. Maybe there's somebody up in the gallery, you yeah. know, watching the surgery, you know, part of the of the university medical school. They're up there taking notes, right? right? But yeah, they're trying to learn something as opposed to the the person being operated on it wouldn't be awake and watching. And luckily with what I do, I, I'm fully aware that nobody's life is on the line and this really True. is not that big of a deal. Um, and I understand the customer would be curious because they're excited. And yeah. that's why they want to watch. Right. Because they're like, this is going to be so cool. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to watch this. How does and, it work? And they'll ask, okay, if it's okay if I watch. And I'll be like, sure. And then like, okay, well, where can I stand where I'm not going to be in your way, but I can still kind of see it because they want they want to see that metal start to bend and flex. And they're like, oh, wow, I can see it's getting smaller. It's getting softer. It's slowly going away. And I get that. Yeah. So with almost every customer... <laughs> I'm okay with them watching. And sometimes I'll even tell them, hey, no offense. You're welcome to watch. This is your car. This is your money. This is your time. Right. Okay. You you waited for this appointment and and I appreciate that. But we're at a point where there's a difference between you watching me and you watching me and talking to me at the same time. Because if you want me to hold a conversation with you while I'm focused on this car that is so important to you and it's important to me. I can't do both. So yes, you can watch, but I'm just going to like put on my headphones and I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing. Hmm. Well, I know when I went out there, I was out for a few minutes. Maybe I was out there a long time. I don't know. But I know I talk too much. I mean, I'm always asking questions. Hey, I, I do, do that. I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. So I, I have this voice of my wife in my head that plays, <laughs> you talk too much. Leave them alone. It's like, okay. So there's been so many times I've been out in somebody's garage working on their car and generally, the wife, yeah, will open the door and be like, let him work. Leave him alone. He's yeah. got stuff to do. No, and they're right. right? And we laugh about it. I have no problem telling a customer, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but I have to wrap this up. I have another appointment. People get it. Yeah. But I am guilty of it, too, because I also like cars. And I like talking to people that like cars. No, usually, yeah, there's interesting conversations. Sure. And they're excited and they're happy at the end result. And that's kind of the nice, well, one of the nice parts about mm-hmm. what I do is I got to make people happy. Right. And they're so relieved once they see that it does work and then they feel good about it and they saved all this money and the paint's still original and now they're excited. And that's where then the referrals come from. Because when you're excited, you want to tell your neighbor and your brother-in-law and the guys at work and everybody else in the car club. Absolutely. And so it's good. So it's funny you say that because when it comes to like working on a car, one of the things that I hate about working on a car where I'm doing maintenance, the car doesn't drive any different when I'm done. With yeah. you, when you're finished, the car looks better. Yeah. I like putting on performance parts because when I'm done, as long as the part is a you know quality part and it's going to make it perform better and I can feel the difference, then it's like, oh, I did that work and now it's better. And I remind myself all the time, and that will never be lost on me, that I am fortunate that I get to make people happy. 
And I hear this all the time, especially from my, my, my tech customers, you know, they're like, I never get to see the finished product. I work on this, oh yeah, uh, you know, this bit of software. And then my team gets pulled over onto this fire. We have to put that out and we never actually finish anything. Yeah. And they're like, you're so lucky that you get to sit down, look at a problem, solve the problem. And then the people are happy and then you get to move on. Start to finish. Right. That's kind of rare these days. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, so back to the back to the process. So if you're going to have uh, somebody get a hold of you, you said photos, video. That's the best way to start the estimate process. Yes, because I'm a little bit unique in the way that I'm a 100% mobile business. So I do not have a storefront, uh, which is great because yeah. that keeps my overhead so low, and that keeps my prices very competitive. Uh, and it makes life easier on me. And, and I'm constantly getting the feedback from my customers. They love the fact that they don't have to drive their car to a shop, get a ride home, leave it there all day, fight traffic at the end of the, end of the day to right. pick it up and bring it back. It's a hassle. It is. And traffic is getting worse and worse. Right. I mean, you know, you're out in it. Right. Uh, but even when I got the detail done on my car, my son, fortunately, was home for a month from college. And I said, hey, can you take me over at this time yeah. to bring the other car and, you know, then I'll drive you back. And then we had to come back later that day, you know, trying to coordinate that with a third person to get the ride over. That was a hassle. I mean, it yeah. was it was 30 minutes away to get to the good place. I guess there might have been somebody who could do mobile detail, but I didn't have any recommendations, so I wasn't going to mm -hmm. go do that. So, yeah, it definitely saves people time. People tell me every day. And even those that are back in the office, they're like, I love it that you can just come out here and just do it when I'm at work and it's just done. And especially after they know me and they've worked with me before and their the trust is there and they're yeah, just you're like, super easy. Yeah. Hey, I got another one. When can you do it? Come on out. And it's just, it's good for both of us. You're the Amazon prime of paintless dent removal. <laughs> <laughs> just comes, comes to the door. I don't have to do anything. Right. Shows up in the Trying big, to make it easy. The big gray truck with the blue thing on the side, yeah. whatever that thing is. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you about, cause I've seen some of these things online are these kind of ridiculous, uh, DIY things sort of like, Hey, you can do this paintless dent removal yourself. And I've seen those in a, you know, maybe watch a video and some guy takes almost like a plunger and pulls a dent out of the side of his truck. And yeah, I guess it's out now, but you can still kind of see the dent. You know, do you ever run across anybody who says, Oh, I can do that myself. What do you yeah, think of those things? Probably. Eight, nine years ago is when it was, was popular for that. Uh, I don't know if, what the brand was called, but it was at, like at any drugstore you could buy it. Oh, really? Oh, you know, yeah. It was like 19 or $20 and evolved hot glue. And what really was alarming to me is that it evolved a plastic knockdown, which like we talked about earlier, is a legitimate part of paintless dent repair. But putting like a plastic knockdown that kind of looks like, you know, like a, like a pencil and asking a normal person to take a hammer and start tapping with that plastic <laughs> on their car. That's a bad idea. And, right. And to think that that's going to improve the, the look of the dent that they're trying to repair. I just think that's crazy. I don't know what the laws are as far as claims that you can make when you're selling a product. But yes, I've seen it. Quite a few times before, somebody will call me, estimate, and they're, they don't want to wait as far as my schedule. And then I'll get a follow-up text, usually like a few days later, and the picture looks very different now. 
and the metal looks kind of warped and I can just tell what happened there is they, they used the glue. Uh, it did move some metal, but it was not accurate. And then they started tapping and now we're tapping too hard. So now the dent is going the other way. So part of it is up high. Part of it now has like a series of small dents around it from the tapper and it, just, it turns into a mess. Yeah. Save me. Save me for my stupidity. (laughs) I I tried. I I don't know how they ever thought that would be a good idea. There are certain things that we definitely should try to do ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about, YouTube is such a great resource to learn and there's stuff, but you have to also use your common sense. And when it comes to manipulating painted sheet metal on a car that you love, I do not recommend trying it yourself. Right. It's not going to end well. We've seen these people drive. Yeah. (laughs) They're having trouble with that. I don't think they can do the paint thing. I know my limitations, and I know the stuff that I will just pay someone else to do. It's just, it's too much skill involved. I'm a DIY guy. I would never try and tackle that. It's just not my thing. Um, Speaking of that, how did you get trained to do this? So I used to detail cars. Okay. Um, I've always worked around cars my entire life. Always loved cars. Always been interested in cars. And when I would detail, I worked at a local dealership here. And I would see these guys that would come around that would take tools and these like reflection boards that they would use as kind of like a guide. Yeah, it's like a light. And it has lines across it. It does. You can see in reflection. It does. Different, uh, uh, it's called a a reflector board or a reflection light. So, example, if you're outside in the sun, you could just use the board because there's plenty of natural daylight there that that is going to work. Okay, just as a reflector, it reflects the sunlight. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if I'm in someone's garage or if I'm, you know, five floors deep at Microsoft, um, I'm going to be using a reflection light okay. and you're right. It has the lines on it and, and customers are really curious about that when they, when they see me taking my tools out and I try to explain to them when you, you set that board up, it's just kind of like a reference. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you have this lines, there's different colors and you're not looking at the board, but you're looking at the reflection of the board on the metal. So you've already got the tool behind the dent You're ready to go. And then as you push and you're looking at the reflection of those lines start to bend and manipulate, that's a great way for you to tell, okay, that is exactly where the tip of my tool is. And now I'm going to drag that right inside the dent. And now I can see as I'm flexing that metal really slow and really careful and that dent is starting to kind of release a little bit, I can back that pressure off. And now I can look at the reflection to see how it's changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. The dent's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit softer. Okay, I'm right where I want to be. Yeah. And now I can just pinpoint and just slowly take that dent apart, kind of like the, the puzzle analogy. I can put in another piece, and I can put in another piece. And now it's starting to actually look like something. Okay. But the lines that you're seeing, once they sort of line up properly, that indicates the dent is gone? Yes, Okay. Yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great reference, and then um, I mean, if you want to get like deep, deep in the weeds here, no, the, yeah, let's, the, let's the, go deep. The, the further you <laughs> the further you move that board away from the car, the more detail you're going to see. So when I'm starting the repair, I want those the the board up close, mm-hmm. okay. And then as that dent starts to release and it starts to relax and it gets softer and softer, I'm going to move that board a little further away. And then I'm going to push a little more. Maybe I'll pull a little bit with the glue. I'll check my progress. I'll move that board even a little bit further away. Okay. okay. And now we're getting to the point where we're almost finished. And then once I'm really finished, I would look at what I would call the customer view, which is I'll take that board away. 
I'll pick something in the distance. Maybe it's the corner of their garage or a bush or a tree. And I'll use that reflection and just as I'm eyeballing it. And that's when I know it's, it's truly done. How were you able to do that in my garage? There's too much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much junk in there. No, no reference. Yeah. Point. I could use the reflection of your neighbor's house across the street. Oh, so there and I'm you like, go. Okay. We're okay. there. That's, okay. Uh, okay. I feel good about that. It's time to, to knock on the door and tell you it's finished. I am glad they put that house there. Yeah. <laughs> it's working out. Okay. So as we you know wrap this thing up, what is the one thing or two things that people should walk away with from this when it comes to paintless dent removal? Um, that paintless dent removal is a trade. Okay. It's not a product. It's not the thing that you can buy. It doesn't just pop out and you could do it or I could do it or your neighbor could do it once they buy this device. Okay. It's, it's a trade. It's like being a carpenter or a welder. It's like anything else. There's people that take it very seriously. There's people that just try to rush through it and make as much money as they possibly can. It's a real skill. And it takes years to pick it up, even just for a, a typical, you know, standard door ding. It really takes people quite a while before they can truly be good at it. But it's something that I enjoy doing. And, you know, I'm 20 years plus now, and I still like my job. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm fortunate in that way. But, yeah, I just tell people all the time, even if it looks big or ugly, just send me a picture of it. I'll let you know what I can do. And if for any reason, if I ever can't save anything or if it's just too much, then there won't be uh, any charge. So when I'm offering a service that I think to most people sounds too good to be true, I feel like I'm obligated to tell them, okay, if it doesn't work, then there's not going to be any charge. So I want to take all the pressure off of them because I think that gives that first-time customer a lot of confidence. Have you ever you know, got to the end again? You know what? This didn't work. There's been a few that I've gone at that were just creased a little bit too much, but I would know pretty early on in the process okay. if that was not going to work. So luckily it wasn't like, you know, something yeah. that I, I spent all day on. And, yeah. And then and, you and got to the end of it. It still looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But it is funny because like I was saying, as far as like the, the quality of the glue uh, has gotten a lot better. The techniques, the, the, the prep of the panel has gotten mm-hmm. better. So sometimes I'll sit and I'll think about a repair or a dent that somebody sent me a picture on years ago that I may have said no. Whereas today I absolutely would say yes with full confidence. You actually did that. I think on the Miata, I believe I sent you the picture of the, the fender. You know how the fender's got, there's like a crease at the top of it and it kind of goes into the, because we're talking about an edge. We're talking about an edge. has all the strength, yeah. you know? So yeah, that's now we're getting into that gray area. I sent you a picture of it. I don't know. Some time ago. And I think it was sort of like, eh, I don't know, but you saw it in person. And when you looked at it, you're like, oh yeah, I can do that. It's not going to be a hundred percent. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not looking for perfection mm-hmm. here, but if you can get, you know, 90%, you're like, oh yeah, I can get it 90%. I'm like, okay, I feel good about that because your 90% is like most people's a hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so. I've, I've run into that sometimes where I'm just like, hey, this is this you know, we're into this gray area for this reason, this reason, this reason. If you're okay waiting for my schedule, I am okay putting in the time and effort. And even if it doesn't work, I won't charge, but I would love to see it in person. I'd love to give it a try and let's see how that metal reacts. Let's see what I can get out of it. Yeah, I'm fine with that too. So when they get a dent, the first thing you should do is rather than go down to the paint and body shop, Mm -hmm. get an estimate, they should contact their paintless dent repair 
person and get an estimate. And in yeah. this case, it's you. If yeah. you're in the Seattle area, you, they should contact you. Yeah, and it's a pretty big industry now. So it's I, you know I, I get people contacting me from other parts of the country or customers that I've worked with here that have then moved to other parts of the country, asking if I know somebody you know oh, okay. in, a, in a different state or a different area. And the way I look at it is, there are guys doing this everywhere. And if you search online, you can't find somebody. Look at some of the top-rated body shops in the area, maybe some of the higher-end dealerships, and I guarantee you they have somebody that they use, and they could probably pass on a referral for you. Okay, so that's how you would do that outside of this market. Yeah. Okay, if somebody wants to reach you or get a hold of you here, what's the best way to do that? So if you search Ryan Snyder's Paintless Dent Repair, Bellevue, Seattle, Kirkland, Redmond, fill in the blank, I'm very easy to find online. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for uh, for thank being you. here and for taking dents out of my car. Yeah, I didn't have to, you know, go and shave off paint. I I was dreading having paint work done. It just didn't sit right with me. I'm an originalist when it comes to paint. Right. I want to keep the original paint on the car as much as I can. And even if the car looks like a bit of a survivor, I'd rather have it that way than have a panel or a door or you know a hood or something repainted. For whatever reason, I'm just not that guy. Yeah, you're one of my people. You're one of your people. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. It's been great to have you on. And you'll be back to do more dent repair work here at the Crenshaw Residence. Sounds good. So, if your favorite used car or truck has acquired a few too many dents and dings over the years, then you owe it to yourself to get a bid from a competent PDR specialist. You'd be surprised at the size and shape of the dents the best PDR specialist can remove. And you'll be even more surprised by how affordable it is compared to traditional bodywork and paint. And if you're on the east side of Seattle, definitely contact Ryan Snyder for a bid. He does excellent work at a fair price, and I know from experience. Also, be sure to join me starting next week as I kick off my month-long Little Weirdos 4x4 edition series here on Better Than New. Each week in July, I'll be featuring a funky and somewhat forgotten small 4x4 runabout, starting with the GeoTracker and followed by the Daihatsu Rocky, the Suzuki Samurai, and the Dodge Raider. So if you're looking for a fun, boxy, inexpensive 4x4 for your summer adventures, you'll love these funky little SUVs, and I think you'll love this series. Also, if you haven't subscribed to Better Than New yet, please do so and follow this podcast so I can keep bringing you reviews of cool used cars, trucks, and SUVs each week. And until next time, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride.